you ready? Welcome to another edition of Buff in the Rough. Today we're going to discuss the question, can you pet your hunting dogs too much? Talk about air-conditioned hound haulers. And hear a story about beagles that tree all night long with Scott McDougall. Help me welcome Scott to the program. Well, hey, Scott, how are you? Uh, doing pretty good. Well, good. I know it's been awfully hot out in your part of the country. <laughs> it has. Uh, the AC guys just left a little bit ago. They got the mini split installed in the garage, so I'll be able to do some more work out there. And so you've been having triple digit kind of weather or, or high 90s or? High 90s. A couple of days last week you hit 100 and they're calling for 100 again this weekend. Wow. Wow. Well, well maybe this will be a good reprieve uh, for a while to get in where it's cool and talk about hounds. But I appreciate you taking time to spend with us today. And Scott, could you start off by just sharing with uh, the folks listening a little bit about yourself? And um, and we'll get into the hunting side, but maybe uh, a little bit about yourself, the the non-hunting, the outside of hunting side. What what what's your background? Well, I grew up on a farm in New York. I joined the Army active duty in 1995 and retired here in Missouri in uh, 2015. Two tours to Iraq. Wow. Well, thank you for your service, number one. Um, so how did you, were you stationed in Missouri? How did you get to Missouri from New York? Missouri was the tail end of my career. I knew when I came here, uh, but I got lucky. I got, when I because I was enlisted for the first half of my career. Uh, after my first tour in Iraq is when I put in for warrant officer. I got selected for that. And my first assignment as warrant officer was in Alaska. And I managed six years up there. Wow. Wow. Well, you've been all over the place, all over the world. Yeah, I've seen a few countries. <laughs> well, very good. Well, well. so tell us a little bit about how you got into Beagles. It was when I was in Alaska. Uh, one of my buddies I was hunting with, his nephew, was getting ready to deploy, and they had a dog. Uh, they're also getting ready to have a baby, or they did have a baby. I can't exactly remember. His wife couldn't take care of both, so that's a, took him out running hares up there. He just took to it like he's been running all his life. And I bought another dog, female, and so, gave her some hair running fools. So now you in in Missouri? Are you running cottontails now? Or yeah, it was a tough change for those two dogs because mm-hmm. they. I had to uh, buy shot collars because every time they hit a briar patch, they'd catch a wind of deer and they'd be gone. <laughs> we didn't have deer. Where I, part of Alaska I was at, there wasn't any deer. And so the the pace of, and I'd love to go hare hunting. I've never been, but I've heard the pace that it, that'll wear a dog out. I mean, you, you, I mean those guys get up and go. Oh, they, they run unreal. It's how they run. Um, and so I've never ran down here where they got them in the, as we would say, in the low 48. But up there, you hit the pockets on the edge of those mountains and they'd be on a ridge and they hit a little draw 
and rabbits will take out of there like a herd of deer. I mean, they'd be scratched out along that. You got white rabbits on a back brown background, and there'd be nothing to see thirty rabbits strung out. And and they stood all that. All I could do was laugh. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm gonna show my ignorance here, but do hares run in circles like like our rabbits do down here? Oh yeah. Okay. They were running in circles, big circles. <laughs> mm-hmm. Because I've heard people say that that describe it, they'll they said you would swear that your beagles running deer because they run so far and so fast, you know. But if they, you just hang out, hang on a minute, they'll they'll bring him right back. Yeah, yeah they they'll bring him around, and where I where I hunted at, me and my buddies, and there'd be so many rabbits up there, kickers. You're not necessarily shooting a rabbit. The dogs are after you. Just shooting everything else that's kicking out from them. Well, well, one of the things I wanted to talk about today, I, I met you several years ago at a hunt, and I believe North Carolina, and we've crossed paths at different places all, throughout the country at some of these events, and um, and I'm gonna get to to your hound hauler in just a few minutes, but I've had a, a lot of folks in my past make comments um, especially when I was a kid and I would be petting on one of those old coon dogs too much or loving on them and and they would say boy you're gonna you're gonna ruin that dog by by loving on him too much he you're gonna make it so he doesn't hunt and there's been very few people I've ran across in my life that appeared to take better care of their hounds than you <laughs> and and uh, I wanted to broach that question with you. You know, what what are your thoughts on um, loving on your dogs? You know, um, I see your Facebook post about some of your hounds live inside, or it looks like they live inside. It looks like they've got a fantastic life, man. Probably better than than, than some of the folks in some of these third world countries. I mean, they are they're yeah. living the lives. <laughs> They got good lives, so I'm I'm thinking you're probably uh, have a little different opinion on that about taking care of your hounds or giving them giving them attention and and its effects negatively or positively with them uh, when they go out in the field. So what's your take on it? Well, when you say I take good care of them, they live better than some folks. My uncle said that when he dies, he wants to come back as one of my beagles. <laughs> uh, I don't know. My little buddy, his little bear, he's been here. I've had he'd be turning ten years old here any any day now. He's after I retired, and it was tough finding a job and going through a divorce at the same time. And he's been kind of my little anchor, I guess you could say. Sure. So he travels everywhere with me. Um, yeah, they're probably uh, some of the dogs. They probably do good. Um, but maybe loving on them sometimes too much or getting them to where they hang around me and some hunts they don't want to hunt or they don't want to be around anybody mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean I got you know Fritz for example you know we'd be on cast with him there in a couple of years it hasn't happened probably because I haven't drawn out with this lady uh, Bailey Owens It'd make her so mad, you know, we're trying to catch dogs. Cause you get on a good cast, everybody gets along. You don't care. You're trying to catch dogs and catch everybody's dog if you can. Mm-hmm. Fritz would be coming in and he would see her. He would stop a 90 degree turn left or right and he would go around her. 
he did that for the longest. I just don't <laughs> think we grew on out with each other with that with him. <laughs> wow. It make it make her so mad she couldn't catch him or wouldn't touch him. Rex won't let nobody touch him. I don't think anyone's ever been able to catch him. If they have, they got lucky. <laughs> uh, he doesn't care who gets a hold of him. I just think every dog's different. Mm-hmm. They all got different personalities. I mean, like Little Bit. For some reason, Little Bit likes Joey Peterson. <laughs> wow. <laughs> well, it's interesting because... You know, uh, what, because I've seen you at some of these hunts, and you win. I mean, you, you're winning cast with these with these hounds. Well, with this current group, as long as I know they're ran up and ready to go, I've had pretty good luck with them. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, what? Tell uh, tell me about some of your um, some of your your better hounds that you've had. Well, a lot of it goes back to my buddy Damien McIntosh. He got a civilian his wife is from germany and they both got uh civilian jobs in germany right about a year after a year before i retired he gave his dogs to a friend of ours and then he didn't get along with one of them i got uh his dog his name was uh dt max max which is the sire to my little john dog and kenai dog uh, it took him, it probably took me over a month before we could get, he would trust me and get along. Mm-hmm. Uh, but that year, I was, you know, I was doing a lot of traveling. And we finished second in the western area. That's when they had the all-star chase. In our area for the western part, we finished second overall. Oh, well, that sounds impressive. Uh, then he got a major injury and I lost him uh, I had his brother Mortz well both of them were already grand champions uh, his brother Mortz I championed out in PKC less than six months I retired him uh, I had their sire the world show champion from 2013 uh, DT Max Oli he's a character right up to he ended up passing with cancer, but right up to right before he passed, he was still out there running rabbits <laughs> and catching them. Well, now those some of those hounds they have a, a look to them, and and if I if I understood correctly, uh, they came from Germany, and they they have this uh, they're really pretty, like that reddish head and kind of that classic blanket back kind of look to them. Is that is that right or? Yes, uh, Damien's original dog was uh, the guys that know him out here had ran against. They call him the original Fritz, mm-hmm. and I got Fritz too because the day they were born, Damien said his name is Fritz. <laughs> well, describe how they hunt. What kind of hunting dogs are they? Well, the ones I got now are that other crew. They're pretty, both letters are pretty the same, pretty much the same. Uh, Fritz and Mortz are very similar and they're fast. They will swing. Um, Rex probably took a little bit of his dad. Mm-hmm. He's got the speed and he's got some line control. When he gets locked down, it just, 
he's destroyed some casts. Mm-hmm. Um, Beast is more like Max. He's not the fastest, but he's he's consistent on getting he goes pretty good at getting that first strikes. Mm-hmm. Um, and he's right there, either first or second line. And Scott, what's the hunting like in in Missouri? I've never hunted there. What what does it look like? What's the terrain like? A lot of hills <laughs> and a lot of briars. So it's thick. It's thick. Not necessarily thick, thick like mm-hmm. some of the spots you guys got out there. Mm-hmm. When you get when you hit them clear cuts, them clear cuts start growing up. Uh, these briars out here just flat out gnarly. Mm. They're almost like those thorn trees. Well, that doesn't sound like much fun <laughs> for me, anyway. Well, you, you've... well, as long as you ain't got to go in there after the dogs. Yep. I mean, I got all mine trained with whistles, so when I'm running my dogs, I don't talk to them. Mm-hmm. I just open up the trailer doors and kick them out and go. Wow. When it's time to come in, I blow the whistle. They're a little hard-headed. I'll tone them, and they all come in. So... I've seen you all over the country at, at some of these different hunts. Do you have a particular part of the country or a state that you like hunting in the most or better than others? Or do you have some favorites? I don't. Probably the favorite is probably just about everybody else's Mountain City, Tennessee. Oh, really? Um, overall, I'd have to say the place where I think I've got outside of Missouri where I, my dogs have got the majority of the wins is Randolph County. Okay. In Mountain City. They're both pretty close. I've mm-hmm. had pretty good success in both places. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, you know, that to me is a compliment to your hounds if you've had success in both places because each one, to me, has a little different personality. Mountain City, there are some thicker spots there, but I think about um, Christmas tree farms. It's very hilly, you know, it's the mountains. Um, but it can be open and opens it up for, for some speed, you know. But then Randolph County, to me, uh, most of the spots, I would say, are thicker, lots of cover, um, just different different kinds of hunting. And, and if your dog's doing well in both of those, that, that says a lot about them. Yeah, this last trip out there, I've been into places where I haven't been before, and like you said, it's a lot thicker, mm-hmm. and it's, it's tough to score lines. Mm-hmm. But the three trips before that was a little bit more open areas. You can see, I guess, one of the favorite old spots was the chicken farm. Matter of fact, I think the last time I ran there was when I put a little bit in the hunt. How'd that turn out? He almost won the cast. <laughs> you know, it was at the super sectional out there so april you're dealing with baby rabbits oh yeah um i mean I, to me it was the perfect place for a little bit because of all the honeysuckle and the vines that are around the, those ditch lines mm-hmm. you know and he's up against them 15 inch dogs struggling to get through that he's running underneath it oh yeah the great equalizer <laughs> thick cover and yeah he even caught a rabbit on that cast wow that's not bad for a house dog, man. <laughs> and right there at the end of the hunt, we had a line. First dog went through. Second dog went through a little bit. And uh, Jerry Stacy was judging. And his dog went with a little bit, went to the right, chasing another rabbit. Oh. 
and that's how the hunt ended. A little bit lost by 50 points. Oh, my goodness. Well, well speaking of traveling around uh, and hunting with different people in, in different places, um, what are some of the top dogs that you've um, that you've hunted with that you found to be pretty impressive? Uh, well, early on, when I first got it, because I took a break there for a while because things got tight for me after I retired. Mm-hmm. Um, the one to stand out is uh, Brian Hutton. Mm-hmm. I think he had a dog, uh, Maverick. Always, a dog. I mean, it's great to be on a cast with Brian to begin with. But that dog he had that time, he was just tough, mm-hmm. fun to watch. Uh, the hardest cast I ever judged mm-hmm. was at Mountain City, Tennessee. Um, I don't remember. It was when they had the, I don't know, they had that classic. Okay. They got postponed. I think the hunt was originally scheduled for January or February that year. It got postponed to April. Mm-hmm. So I was out there, and I got snookered into judging that, thanks to Jeff and Woody. <laughs> uh, but Jeff's dog, he had a dog, female Rose. That dog just, she had me running ragged. Wow. Trying to score wins. I mean, she just flat out destroyed that cast. Mm-hmm. I think she won it by at least a couple hundred points pretty close. I mean, it, wow. nobody had a chance. That was at the golf course. I don't know if they still run there anymore. Mm-hmm. But there's just rabbits everywhere. Um, <laughs> flame, of course. Mm-hmm. Kristen Button Flame. Mm-hmm. And Freck. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's a good, um, that's a pretty good list so far. <laughs> and then the guys out here, <laughs> pretty much anything Mike Roy has, mm-hmm. Brian Mudwood. But the ones that stand out is Hattie, very tough dog. Mm-hmm. I mean, she's a flat-out rabbit dog. It's very hard to beat. Uh, and, of course, Ruger's a very tough dog to beat. There's a few other ones. I think uh, T-Post and Bailey Owens. There's a couple more. Mm-hmm. Uh, I never got the chance to run against Josh, except early on and a few times there. But it's just maybe one of them tough days. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know, you get a tough set day. You really can't judge the dogs and... I think I squeaked out a win on that cast, but uh, April Beam always had, always carries a tough dog. Mm-hmm. Oh, there's a few others, um, but I'm getting back now. I'm getting back into it a little more here the last couple of years. Mm-hmm. Uh, it seems like there's a lot of good dogs out there. I, you know, oh, I, I show up to yeah, the clubhouse. I'm sure and, I ran against some yeah. of them a couple of years, the last couple of years, but. That was when they were all running young young dogs. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. It's just the folks that stand out. Josh Ware is always great to have on a cast. Uh, I've always had fun with Cody Rucker. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I just feel like at, at pretty much any place I've ever gone, um, especially in the last couple of years, literally anybody on the cast could win. Uh, the the hound quality of the hound seems to be really good and pretty even. I, I, there's a lot of quality hounds out there right now. Well, that, one of the one of the things that that I always stood out about um, you to me was I'd show up to these hunts, and I mean I'd be in North Carolina. I, Missouri is not around the corner from North Carolina. That's a haul, and uh, yeah. and so you know you want your hounds to be comfortable when you're taking them those kind of distances to to these hunts. 
because if they're not well rested, um, they're not comfortable. I mean, they're like little mini athletes, you know. They're not going to perform as well as a hound uh, that is comfortable and did get a good night's rest. So your hound hauler, uh, to me, is uh, probably legendary because it has uh, it's climate controlled. I mean, I just don't know that I've ever seen a hound hauler that has an AC unit on it. I mean, I at least not in the big old world or in the coon hound world. I've seen some guys rig up some fans and and uh, hang them on doors and stuff like that. And I've seen some pretty cool dog boxes with water reservoirs and extra lights and cool stuff like that. Uh, the uh, neat ideas that people do with storage, but I've never seen one with like like an HVAC unit taped to the top or something. You know, <laughs> it's that's a pretty impressive. Could you describe maybe a, a little bit about your your hound hall? How did you get that? Did you buy it that way? Did did you just engineer yeah, no, it? I mean, how it, it how'd came that, that way? It's a Jones trailer, and they're out of Texas, mm-hmm. and. You know, I, right next to Fort Leonard, Leonardwood here, and that's where I do majority of my running. And the MPs and dog trainers, that's all you see. They haul them in these trailers. Because it's Texas. Uh, it's hot. I got you. Okay. My buddy was driving in town, and it was at a bank, and they had this up for a sealed bid. I'm trying to think what the heck kind of dog trailer is going to be at a bank up for a seal bid auction. And we went and checked it out. I saw the generator on it, the water tank, and the heat and AC. And I said, yeah, let's go halves on it. Wow. So we put a bid in it, and we got very lucky and managed to get it. Um, I did not know the value of this trailer at the time. Mm-hmm. Uh, we got it for $2,500. Wow, that's I've had it for I think four years, maybe maybe mm-hmm. a little bit longer. I don't know. Um, it has a new heat AC unit on it. Uh, I got lucky and got the generator repaired. It's an obsolete generator, so I'm going to have to look at doing an upgrade mm-hmm. in the future. Uh, but I went to their website; they are still in business. Uh, it was before. COVID. <laughs> mm-hmm. I went down the list, spec trailers out, everything that this has. It was a little over twenty thousand dollars to buy that trailer brand new. Woo wee! <laughs> wow, wow. Um, and when I was out there for a hunt, um, hillbilly, the dog hauler, hillbilly. Uh, what's his name there? Hmm. You guys got out there? What's Oh, is it um, Di- uh, Diamond Deluxe or? No, the no. dog, the guy that hauls dogs out of your area. Oh, the um, yeah, I can't, I can't remember. I wish I could remember his name. Yeah. Uh, but he stopped mm-hmm. when I was sitting there waiting for Jeff to get out of work. He looked at that trailer. He said, "You want to sell that trailer?" <laughs> <laughs> I said, "No." He said. Because I still had an issue with the AC. The heat was working, but the AC wasn't. Uh-huh. So you get that trailer, everything working on it. That trailer is worth $2,500 a whole, every day, all day. <laughs> I guarantee it is. Wow. Well, I tell you, it's a super trailer. I, it's always a... Um, everybody always wants to talk about it when they roll up into a hunt and you're there. Um, it's your house. I'm, I'm, 
how can you beat it? You that, know, I fired the generator up and you brew your own coffee. <laughs> um, I made dog beds to keep them up off the floor. Wow. And they, they enjoy riding in that trailer. They really enjoy it. And as long as they're run up and I head out for a hunt, I don't have to run them the day before. Mm-hmm. I don't think, you know, as long as I know they're ready to go, they're ready to go when they come out of that trailer. Well, I tell you, it's it's really nice, especially when you're when you're traveling with your hounds. It's really nice to be able to put them up at night and not have to worry about them. You know, you know they're going to be comfortable. You know they're going to be safe. Um, that that uh, gives you a lot of peace of mind uh, when you're attending these events. Oh, it does. I mean, yeah, I padlock doors, but hey. I don't care what you have for security. Somebody wants you in there bad enough, they're sure. going to get in there. Sure, sure. But I, I, I just love that hauler, and it's, it's always a, a crowd favorite at any hunt that uh, that you're attending. But uh, but I also wanted to ask you, uh, one of the things I noticed, oh, I don't know, it's probably been two or three years ago, um, I was at, I want to say Randolph County, and maybe it was their state hunt, and they were handing out some plaques and uh, they were wooden plaques, and they were cool. I hadn't seen anything like it before. You know, a lot of the, a lot of times you, we have we would see traditional trophies or uh, ribbons given out at hunts, but all of a sudden it seemed like some really kind of fancy uh, woodworking. Uh, that I thought was kind of cool and very different. And come to find out, that's that was you behind that. Uh, that you were that you were working on that is that a business for you now and how how did you learn how to do that well i'd say it's still a hobby at the time um a lot of the woodworking stuff started uh when i started when i went into the use the gi bill taking uh one of the schools here on post is giving carpentry classes so i started doing that and then jeff hit me up well, you're taking carpentry classes. I need a new show bench. So he handed me an old raggedy show bench, and <laughs> I started making some show benches. And as I got better equipment, I was making better benches. And then, I don't know, I think I made a kennel sign for Jeff and uh, Alan and uh, Kristen and started making the signs. And, you know, it was all hand-carved with a router. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It was done by hand. And it's time consuming. I know everybody liked them. Everybody commented on it, but I was never happy. I knew the only way I could make the designs better was to go to the CNC carbon, which is where I'm at now. Uh, uh, but I think I got it down now. I really got, I'm about done with the Southern Classic Science. But the biggest supporters are Jeff Stacy and Alan Newby for their plaques for those uh, big hunts okay so that's going to be uh north carolina and, and virginia for folks right. listening okay well good well i'm glad you're getting some business is that something that you would welcome more of would you do that for other clubs scattered around the country i mean or, yeah i mean i get okay. i get questions all the time people see it on facebook and i get a lot of questions and i'm trying to get them priced right um just to see how it goes and then mm-hmm. uh that's the actual carbon part, but I do have the laser. I'm getting ready to start messing around with that, where I can actually do some laser engraving on that. See how that turns out. Cool. You just got all kinds of toys. <laughs> well, now you know. Before I could just carve wood. Uh-huh. I'm able to do with these machines. I can do acrylic. 
plexiglass, uh, the wood, of course, mm-hmm. different designs, soft metals like aluminum, which I haven't done yet. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then throw the laser option in there. I think you're going to have you're going to have a lot of uh, opportunities here. You know, everybody. If you if you figure out a way to to do something that can be unique for everybody's kennel or their you know their hunting clubs, and everybody wants something to put on their dog box or on their truck or you know on their trailer. Uh, I think you could get really busy, my friend. Oh, I've got a couple projects <laughs> still. I got to start. I got to finish uh, Josh Byers one. It's a difficult project. It involves an inlay, mm-hmm. uh, some maple inlaying it into cherry, and then I'm going to do a photo carve into the maple mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. from when he won the uh, Total Dog uh, two years ago. Cool. And uh, I also got another one. It's a going to be twenty six by 48-inch kennel sign. Wow. Okay. That's uh, it. Uh, and there'll be stacked letters and raised letters. Oh, cool. So that's going to be another challenge uh, I've got to do some more research on. i definitely got to do some test runs on that one. Well, sure. I mean, you're stacking a letter on top of another letter, cutting away the background, and so as, uh, I'm still learning a lot of it. As you finish these, you'll post pictures... Oh, your, definitely. Your okay. I may even, well, I just have to see how it goes, whether I may be able to deliver it at the bay no later than the world hunt. Okay. And, Scott, if people want to see that, you know, you mentioned your Facebook page. Is, is that the best way to, to find you? Oh, right now, yeah. Okay. I, I'm excited for you because I think there's always a, an opportunity out there for somebody like yourself that's uh, – entrepreneurial in spirit and has some uh some skills and, I, and again i think the the hound business guys just always are looking to accessorize their trucks or whatever you know so i think there's probably a lot of opportunities for you uh, and boy uh, you, you could get so creative in some of these uh, uh awards and stuff too yeah you know it's like I, granted i got all the southern classic ones but you know those guys support me so i'll do I guess you could say that Randolph County and Lick Skillet Beagle Club are the guinea pigs. <laughs> if I got something new, I'm trying. If it turns out okay, but not great. Yeah. Because I know those guys do rifles, and that helps support the clubs. Yeah. Pays their bills. Yeah. Yeah. I just give it to them, and here, here's your raffle. Mm-hmm. Here's a night for the raffles, you know. I actually won one of those raffles. This is a true story. Uh, I won one of those raffles, and I'm not sure what type of wood it is. It may be, it reminds me of like cedar or something, but it says gone hunting, I think is what it says on it. Well, yeah, that's definitely cedar. Yeah, it's, it's in my man cave. <laughs> so um, I thought it looked good. The first good. one I did, it already had a bullet hole in the lumber. <laughs> and I thought that was perfect. Man, I posted that, and boy, did I get all kinds of comments. So I had to make a couple of them up, and uh-huh. take them outside with the twenty-two, and <laughs> give them a double tap, and it was a hit. I love it. I love it. One of the guys that bought the sign was also one of the ones that won the sign. Wow. <laughs> well, and a newbie. 
Well, Scott, I thank you so much for your time and 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 talking to us about hounds and kind of uh, your part of the country, what the hunting's like, and and what your hounds are like, and and your opinion on on taking care of those hounds and and that hound holler or something else. Um, is there anything else you'd like to add, or is there something that I haven't asked you that you that you want to share? Uh, no, I appreciate the invite to this. I mean, I think it's a pretty good honor. I know you're getting it going. You had a lot of good uh, talk shows, I guess you could say. Yeah, I, uh, there's some other good ones too. Uh, I've enjoyed listening to the NHBA uh, podcast. I've enjoyed listening to uh, UKC has one, and they cover a wide variety of topics on theirs. But uh, sometimes they'll have them dedicated solely to beagles uh, with different updates. And, and there's starting to be more and more good content available uh, like this uh, instead of just traditional uh, print media. So I think any time you have uh, uh, the opportunity to try something new, I'm all for it. So, And I definitely like hearing people's stories and, and uh, just learning about different parts of the country and different types of hunting different types of hounds and like i said I, there's so many stories in there i mean you see it and uh i just really enjoy going out there and talking to people and, and hearing their stories and sharing them yeah i thought it was funny there when jeff said he started out with coon hounds treating possums and it wasn't that a couple of weeks ago that my dogs were all blowing up and there's a little bit out there treeing on the tree <laughs> that's hilarious <laughs> a little bit they were both both Jim and little bit retired oh I guarantee it yeah it was in his yard didn't belong <laughs> <laughs> ordered a little cuss stayed out there all night long well Scott I'm gonna get off here buddy but I I really appreciate it yeah right, sounds good all right, thanks for the invite alright buddy you take care it's good talking to you alright you too bye bye thank you for listening to Buff in the Rough and remember to like and subscribe If you want to be notified when we have new content available, please send comments and suggestions to buffintheruff at gmail.com. Join us next time to talk about what it takes to be a successful breeder in the Beagle world. 